Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is November 15, 2014, and thank you for tuning to another episode of The Bright Side with Technician. Glad to have you on. I hope you've been enjoying yourself with the guests that I have been entertaining you with. But here with me to make your life a little easier, just in case if you feel like you're just giving up hope, is Miss Vicki Kaplan, who is a humor writer, author, public speaker, and former newspaper columnist. She lives with her husband and two chihuahuas, Chi-Chi and Paco, in Hood River, Oregon, where she writes the award-winning humor blog, Last Line, Middle Age, Modern Marriage, Epic Sales, about the comical ups and downs of midlife. She believes that laughter, a good glass of wine, and a conosized box of milk jugs are the path to true zen. That's right. And Vicky has been featured on the Michael J. Fox Foundation website, Irma Bombex, Writer's Workshop, The Huffington Post, Scary Mom, Generation Fabulous, Midlife Boulevard, Better After 50, and Funny Times Magazine. She also received the Blog Hard 14 Voices of the Year Award for Humor. Vicky recently released her new book, Shake, Rally, and Roll With It, Living and Laughing with Parkinson, which chronicles her hilarious and sometimes potent journey living with Parkinson's disease. Today, she will share with us a few excerpts from her book with us and to tell us how you can also enjoy your life even when you feel like you cannot. Do call in at 347-426-3751, and the chat box will definitely be opened up just for you. Vicki, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Technisha. I'm thrilled to be here. Me too. You know, a lot of people give up hope, but you're the kind that did not give up hope on this journey. It, it, I, I can imagine it's probably a hard journey. I don't know what it's probably like to have Parkinson, but... I'm sure it cannot be an easy journey to get to this point of life, but it's something that you have to try to do to overcome. So I guess first and foremost, I want to start off to find out, Vicki, is uh, when were you diagnosed with Parkinson's? I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, Technicia, when I turned 50, which was when my mother was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Okay. Well, um, where did you start noticing the symptoms after you were diagnosed? Well, I started noticing the symptoms two years prior to my diagnosis, but and I knew kind of what I had, but I didn't go in. So I knew before they diagnosed me because I'd seen it so much in my mom. But, you know, humans deny. We don't know what we don't want to know. Right, right. I can, I can imagine. It's scary to just find out something. I think that's why a lot of people fear going to the doctor, you do not want to get that bad news. You'd rather go through your whole life and <laughs> everything's perfect. But I say, people out there, put your health before anything else. That's the main factor. The self is first priority. So now that you're in your 60s now, Vicki, um, is 60s what you thought it would be or has your disease altered that? Oh, absolutely, my disease is altered. And actually, I'm not quite 60 yet, but, <laughs> but thanks. Um, I'm almost there. But, 
Yeah, it does because you don't, I didn't think that this would be part of my experience. You know, a lot of times when you look at your future and make plans, you assume health and ability are there. And when you find out suddenly they're not going to be, everything changes. Absolutely. Right, right. I, I, so now you're living in Oregon now with the children of hubby. How are they doing? Yes. I, well, the, the Chihuahuas are doing great. <laughs> My husband is, he's been a trooper. He hasn't missed a beat. He just said, you know, it is what it is, and let's just live our lives. And he has never wavered, which is a godsend. I mean, Parkinson's for anybody with a chronic illness. One of the one of the most important factors is the supportive partner. Right. Amen to that. That's the best. That's the best dose of medicine to have somebody on your support team. What? Um, and to you, Vicky, what has probably been the most difficult part of battling Parkinson's disease: the physical challenges, emotional and spiritual. Probably the emotional part of it. That's why I waited two years to say anything to anybody. And, you know, I live in a small town, and people knew. They just, I wasn't going to to admit it. Because you don't, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be, you know, people start what? talking about you like, you know, that woman that works downtown, she has Parkinson's. That woman that drives that little Mercedes, she has Parkinson's. Right. It suddenly defines you. And I, I really didn't want to be that woman with Parkinson's. So that was the biggest challenge I had. The day I wrote my post on my blog that was called Today I Came Out on My Blog, It's Not What You Think, that was the hardest post I've ever written. Yeah, and you do mention that in your book, like, I am not Parkinson. I have Parkinson, but that's not, I'm not Parkinson. I'm not going to let exactly. this define me. This is going to hold me back. And a lot of people do that. They think life has to end because you get a disease. No, baby, you keep going. And that's what Vic, in the book, that's what it's called. Shake, rattle, and roll with it. you got to roll with the punch it because it is what it is. And nobody, yep. I, I mean, people, there was stuff every day, but you got to learn how to overcome that. You're going to either sit down, become stressed out, and get sick, or either you're going to do something about it and fight it and be happy like you, Vicky. Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, that's why I love, because in your new book, you write a different ways to be happy and don't be Parkinson. First of all, it's always good to have a good glass of wine, which I don't drink, but I might need to start doing that. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a lot. Always, good glass of wine, they say, always good glass of wine and chocolate. You're in business. <laughs> right. And I do love the part when you mentioned, um, you talked also in the book about you giving your husband a pole dance, and he laughed for two days straight. <laughs> That's actually one of the most popular posts I've ever done, and it was—it happened exactly like that. I did try pole dancing. It was sort of on my bucket list, but to do pole dancing with Parkinson's is, you have to read the book. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out quite like we anticipated. <laughs> right, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to tell the secret about that. She's right. You do have to read the book. It's not fair. <laughs> no spoiler alerts. Right. So do you believe in God or a higher power? Oh, without question. Right. Absolutely. I I don't know how you would do this if you didn't. And I would submit that, you know, they say there's no atheist in a foxhole. This is a foxhole. This is is a fork in the road where you have to decide how you're going to handle something. I don't think that God gave me Parkinson's. I think that God will give me the desire and the and the joy to live with it. 
I, I love that. And it's amazing how people actually can go around and not believe that there is a God. And it's like, wow, so how is stuff being cured? I, I don't understand that, how they can live day to day like that. I don't either, Technicia. I don't understand how how you could not have something bigger than yourself and some reason to to acknowledge why maybe some, and I think that's what why people go through the why me thing. It's like why me? Why did I get this? You know, where was God when I got this? Well, that's not the question. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Why we'll never know what why something happens to people. We'll no, never we have won't. those answers. We won't. Now, that brings me to that. When you were first diagnosed, did you have a moment where you asked, why me? Um, yes, not because why me, because I thought I was any better than anybody. You know, it should not have been me. It should have been you. It was never like that. It was, gee, I think I've done most things right. I've, you know, eaten reasonably healthy, and, you know, I don't do drugs, and I exercise, and so why would I get this? in light of the fact that I, you know, haven't violated any major health rules and I'm I'm not a horrible person, you know, it's not some karmic payback. But again, you have to come to terms with the fact that you'll never know. And how much time are you going to spend dwelling on that? Right. You got to progress on. Right. I, I just pray that with all the advanced research that they're doing, that they actually make some advances to this, to cure this disease. Because it's, it's, it is a mystery. No one really knows. Who would develop and who won't? You know, it. No, nope, got so many Michael J. Fox. They don't know, and that's that's why? where a lot of the a lot of the angst about Parkinson's comes in, technicians, because people don't know. They don't know what causes it, so they don't know how to cure it. They don't really know how to medicate it. It's the medication thing is a bit of a crapshoot. You know, it some works for some people and some doesn't for other people, and and it's and that's what scares people. They don't know. Everybody progresses at a different rate. Everybody shows different symptoms other than the tremor, which we all recognize. And fear of the unknown is huge. Oh, it is. It is. I think that's what scares us the most. We don't know what's going to happen there. Somebody give me a sign, and it doesn't work like that. It's a day-to-day thing. No one is coming tomorrow, so you have to live life accordingly. Just my main thing I always was taught is just to stay prayed up. You have to. In these days and times now, the way things are, you have to stay prayed up. Mhm. Yes, you do, every day. Because you just don't know what that day is going to bring. It might, you might see a sudden progression that you didn't have yesterday. You know, I mean, the medication for Parkinson's is purely symptomatic relief. It does not affect the progression of the disease. So even if you take something that t- makes your tremors less or you have better balance, the disease is still marching on. So you'll get up one day and think, oh, wow, I could do this yesterday. How come I can't do it today? Oh, my. So daily prayer gets you through that moment. Exactly. Amen. I couldn't agree anymore. But how do you ever think you help yourself accept the diagnosis? Well, I kind of... It was it was a day that I woke up and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, I, I did spend, you know, I'm not Pollyanna or superhuman. I spent a year in kind of this days of, oh, my gosh, now what? But I got up one day and just said, this is ridiculous. This is not who I am. I'm comic relief woman, you know. I mean, it's like, and Parkinson's, interestingly enough, doesn't kill you. Nobody dies from Parkinson's. 
So at, if you get it at 50, you've got 30, 30, 40 years to live with it. How are you going to do that? And I'm, I just can't right. stay depressed for 30 years. So I, I decided to start looking at what was funny about it and started writing that down. Exactly. Johnny Cash, he was dying. He was battling it himself, and look how he enjoyed his career until his death in mm-hmm. 2003. So a lot of them, Muhammad Ali, Michael J. Fox, we could go on and on. It's just so many of them yep. which don't let to stop you. These guys kept on continuing. They didn't give up. Oh, I'm just going to stop acting because I got Parkinson. I know some, I think it affects most singers where they can't be able to sing on, but you don't let nothing else. No, you just, basically, you just have to keep going, and that's, that's why I do. I love your book, and that's why I wanted to interview you. I'm like, this is something people need to know. Because there's somebody out there who well, needs that you. whole picky. They need to know. There's somebody out there right now who probably don't have a clue to what's going on with them, or they just need somebody to talk to. Yep, they do. I said, I got to I have to interview Vicky because somebody, need somebody needs that help. They need to know, Vicky, that there is, there is another bright side to this. That's why I said, let me get Vicky on here so she can make <laughs> other people out saying, Yeah, because there's somebody who got Parkinson and probably saying, darn, I, I can't do this. This is difficult. Probably thinking about suicide, but I got Vicky mm-hmm. on for you, whoever you are out there. That, this message is just for you to let you know that Vicky is doing it and so can you. And that's why you're going to purchase her book, Shake, Well, and Roll With It. See, when you say roll with it, you got to kind of put it, you got to put it, so I'm going to roll with it. See, it ain't just roll with it. <laughs> Roll with it, yeah. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah, like put a little staff in it. A little attitude. Right. Now, I know that a lot of people are probably wondering about this. How do you stay so optimistic through all this? Well, I, you know, that's basically a kind of person. I'm a really goofy person, quite frankly. I mean, I'm just goofy. And so when things happen to me, usually I start laughing about it, and I'll think, like, oh, dear gosh, I can't believe that just happened to me. And I, t- I tend to look at the world as a writer anyway. I mean, my husband always says if our house was burning down, I'd get the fire extinguisher a second. First thing I'd do is go write about it. And so it's, I'm, I'm tempted to write things down and spin them so they're funny, and, and that helps me be funny. because And then I can laugh at myself. And the book is really about that. I... A lot of times people, when they're paralyzed with fear or they're depressed or they're angry, say, well, there's nothing to laugh about. So what I'm saying is, here, I'll give you my experiences. I'll give you my 30 most embarrassing moments, and you can laugh at me. And then you can start to find the funny in it. That was really the point of the book, is to just say, I don't care if you laugh at me. I'm goofy. That's what I do. So I'm hoping that will help. Oh, yes. I hope so. I hope so, too. And it is scary to think about. So, Vicki, I guess, is this hereditary? Well, the doctors have traditionally said no, but statistically okay. they're starting to have to address the fact that a lot of Parkinson's patients have uplines like mothers and grandmothers who have it. And at a certain point you have to say, gee, maybe there's something here. They're, they're not saying that it is, right. they're saying it's possible. Okay. Um, are there, like, any risk factors for Parkinson's disease? Or, or, and if so, can is there anything that can be done to reduce the risk? That's all understudy, Technicia. They they don't, okay. and that's part of the mystery of Parkinson's know. is they just absolutely don't know. I mean, you know, my brother and sister are close in age to me, and they were raised with the same parents and ate the same foods and lived in the same town. They don't have it. So, wow. you know, 
that would be a why me question. <laughs> I keep reminding why? them that because I have it statistically, they probably won't. So yes, I'd like a Lexus, but they're, they're not coming up so far. So <laughs> I think why? they owe me a car or something, anything. <laughs> have they ever just really sat down and probably asked you that too, Vicky? Where to the point? Okay, you got it, but why don't we? Or, or just just so clueless to how you ended up getting it. Because I bet they're probably pondering their minds sometimes, like, my sister has it, but why, like, you know, because I would probably want to know, like, why don't I have, I thought it was hereditary, why is this happening to you? Well, that's an interesting question because I was always the sturdy, stocky one. I was the one that never Mm -hmm. got sick, never got the flu, never got a cold, never had allergies. I've never been sick. And so, you know, yeah, then I get Parkinson's, but... You know, it, they have not asked me that question. I don't think they want to. They don't want to know. They don't want to tempt fate. So, because they've still got time. I mean, I was diagnosed at fifty, but most diagnoses come at sixty. So they're not right. out of the woods. I guess is what I have to say. So no, they're not even going there. <laughs> and I and I heard the meds can be so expensive, up up to close to twenty five hundred dollars just to, for the medication. It can, and the testing at the beginning is very expensive, the MRIs and all those things. And, you know, deep brain stimulation surgery, which is right now one of the best things you can do for for advanced onset, is over $100,000. So, you know, it's not something that everybody can just do, you know. So, unfortunately, there's not a lot of help out right now. I think we really need to focus on the emotional until they find a physical cure. Exactly. So... At what point did you want to write this book? When I had enough material that uh, my editor suggested I did. I just was writing it privately, and I was writing a little bit of it was posted on my blog. But it just, after a while, I, I had enough material where it felt like a message. It felt like, you know what, if I put all this together, maybe I can get people to understand that it, I didn't have one silly incident. I had two to three years of silly incidences, and I'll have more to come, but people need to read this. And, you know, it was a suggestion of my editor and several other people that I know who have people in their family with Parkinson's. Okay. Now, do you think one can always be both optimistic and realistic? Absolutely. I mean, I am. I know that I'm 58 years old and I've had Parkinson's for almost 10 years and they may not cure it in my lifetime. That's I'm just going to have to deal with that. But I I think they're going to make some major advances before my mother had the deep brain surgery and she's, and I would be eligible like in 20 years. I'm hoping by then they won't need to do that. Or maybe it'll be so common they give them with Phillips at a gas station. I don't know. But <laughs> it's just, <laughs> something's going to happen. There's been too much energy and too much focus and money going down this road to not find anything. I mean, they're talking about vaccinations right now, so who knows what the future is going to hold. Medical science is amazing. It is. We just have to keep holding on and be patient. A lot of times we lose yes. people. But it, it's going to come about just the same way for HIV, anything. We just have to keep just staying prayed up, like I said, and that's the only, and I keep saying that because it's, that's the only way to survive through this. There's no other way. If no one can cure it, God's going to cure this. Yes, absolutely. And it, the biggest the biggest obstacle Parkinson's patients face is the emotional fear, depression, anger. 
those are those are huge to Parkinson's patients because they're going to have this for so long and they've got so long to get that way. And so mm-hmm. the, sort of the point the point of my book is that it's not possible to laugh and be depressed and angry at the same time. It's you, it's not possible. You don't secrete the same enzymes or hormones or whatever they call it. It just so if you're laughing for that moment in time, you're not fearful or depressed. You're laughing. So that's what I'm trying to do is say, here's something that will, will make you laugh. I promise it will make you laugh. Just for that snapshot moment in time that will make you feel better and give you some hope. For, and when you have a disease where there's no cure, you have to have hope. It's everything. Right. Like, Buy hope and do like Dickie. Start writing it down. Put it in the journal. Express yourself. Get it on out on the table. That helps. It will, and actually I was thinking about that. Here's a little spoiler alert. I was thinking of that for my second book, is is I would like to start soliciting essays from other people like mine, funny essays okay. about their life with Parkinson's, and put them in a book and say it's not just oh. me because I'm a goofball. It's There's other people out there that are finding the funny in this. That would be a good thing, touching on I many mouths. So. Right, and, and, and yeah, I like that. You, <laughs> I do too. For other people on their milestones in their life, I like that. I do. I um. So I see a lot of people doing that now, taking other people's essays or their life stories and putting them in books. That's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I think you should go for it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just mine. We yeah. shake, rattle, and roll with it. Part two. Right. I love that. Where do you Where do you most often find your happiness? I'm I'm sorry. I was asking, where do you most often find your happiness? Uh, you know, in day-to-day life. It's just in basically the relationship that I have with my husband and how supportive he's been and and my grandchildren and all all those things. You know, I'm pretty simple. It's not... It's not a it's not a big mystery with me. I just love my life, and I want to be healthy as, for as long as I can, and and do the things that I, when I can do them. We move my bucket list up a few years because I don't, you know, it's with a bucket list you're sort of thinking of things you'd like to do before you die, and I'm thinking of things I need to do before I can't do them anymore. So, why? Right. Now, Vic, of course, you know, I also was doing research about this and that they have the most promising treatment, which is the fetal stem cell. But, of course, they say some Christians, right, will not allow that research. So do you see a different political climate today than maybe back, probably back like in the 1970s or years like years ago? Yes, I do. I, I think we're we're more aggressive now. I think that we're less fearful about trying things which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're restricted by social norms and and groups of people that tell you you can't try things, then obviously you're you're blocked. I mean, there's only so much they can do. I think people are are becoming more open to things like stem cell research and and alternatives like that. And as far as I'm concerned, it's it's whatever works. As long as as nobody gets hurt in the process, whatever works, people. I mean, if you don't have Parkinson's, it's easy to sit back and say, oh, no, that's not probably a good idea. But if you have it, you're saying, I don't care if I have to stand upside down on a mountaintop in Sri Lanka and eat figs. If that's what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. I agree. And I just think there are some people who just don't believe in the empirical wisdom of science. Some people out there Mm -hmm. don't 
want to try nothing new, but I think you're just bringing harm to the rest of everybody else when you don't believe yes. there are some things that actually work if you put enough belief into it. They're and interestingly in enough, you don't get that resistance from people who don't have the disease. You know, you get that resistance right. from healthy people who can sit back, and it's easy for them to say that. They don't have the disease. If you have it, you're usually a bit more open. Right. It's easy. It's easier for them to judge when they don't know. Exactly. Right. What really is, you know, because you're such an inspiring woman, and I think that you'll be a great spokesman just as much as Michael J. Fox was to people who have Parkinson's who don't understand it. What inspires you? Um, what inspires me? I, I think courage, not even I think, absolutely, courage inspires me. Um, irreverence inspires me where people are willing to make fun of themselves. I, that inspires me. The ability to make other people laugh inspires me. I tend to gravitate towards joy. It's, I want to go there. I don't like being sad or depressed or angry, so I don't like to be around those people. It, I, what inspires me are people who can laugh in the face of adversity. That's what it is. Well put, Vicky. Well put. That's right. You got to live and you got to laugh. But I mean, when you cry, it don't always mean that you're sad. Because crying is good mm-hmm. too. Sometimes I cry because I'm happy. That it's good mm-hmm. to feel laughter. Well, everybody needs to. Do. I wish everybody could be like that, Vicky. Just be happy. I love to be happy. I don't like to be miserable. And don't like nobody in my I circle. I don't either. I'll be <laughs> right, get out my circle. If I got to have five, yeah. hey, really, sometimes that's all you need. Hold that one hand up. You got five things on that. That's all I need in my circle. Five good people who want to be on my A-team. Yeah. That's what I call it. Yep, you don't I am with you. Exactly. I feel the same way. And I waitress. I don't like to have too many customers. If you're miserable, be miserable, but don't bring the unhappiness to me because sometimes I get people who sit at my table, they already have that attitude, and you're like, really, why? Was it that bad? Was Is your <laughs> life that bad that you got to carry all that burden on your shoulder to mess up someone else's thing? No. No, it's not because half the time, if you really sit down and really evaluate what's going on in your life, you'll find out your life is not compared to someone who is probably doing worse than you somewhere else. And there always is somebody. It's funny that you should say that, Tanisha, because when people come up and sometimes I'll be around somebody who's complaining that, you know, she's gained two pounds or they're overdrawn in their checking account or whatever, and I just look up and say, Uh I have Parkinson's. Your turn. (laughs) They're just going, oh, my, okay, I'm sorry. I just, You just never know what the person sitting next to you is battling. So stop whining and assuming that that you're the tragedy in the group. Look, I beat you. Now, what else do you have to outdo me? <laughs> exactly. Your turn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there a message you want to reach to grasp from this book? There is. I What I want to say, basically, is the fun part of life is not over if you get a diagnosis of Parkinson's. It's okay. Just weave it in. You know, I just, they can't cure it. we got to learn to live with it. So shake, rattle, and roll, baby. Right. you got to keep on moving, and that's the basic line. Today, the message is keep it moving. you got it. Yes. you got to learn how to defeat it. 
and keep and keep going and hope for God one day that science will come up with ways to cure this. And I do pray for I do pray for that. I pray for all the diseases to have a cure. Breast cancer, um, LS, ALS, you know, HIV. It just frames you. It makes you upset, angry sometimes altogether. (laughs) That's good anger, though. Right. And I think that's what actually keeps you going, too, just thinking about the future. You know, you got to know how to manage those fears by telling yourself, this is what I like to always tell myself, that worrying about the future before it happens, just I think it just stops me sometimes from doing things that I got to do now. I don't try to worry mm-hmm. about tomorrow. I want to live for the day. I like to be happy. No, that's that's my key. Yeah, some a disease like Parkinson's or like you say ALS or MS or any of those things definitely puts a wiggle in it for you. I mean, you can't. I don't think now in terms of what we're going to do when we're 78 and retired. I think in terms of what I'm going to do right. now because I just don't know what I'm going to be doing at 78. So if we want to take an RV trip to the Grand Canyon, we got to do it now. If we want to see Paris, we've right, got to do it now. Right. I love that. I love it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Whatever you want. And, and it shouldn't even have to be because you have a disease. Do what you need to do now. Stop talking about it. Act on it. Exactly. So, Vicki, you're not wheelchair-bound, right? Oh, I don't. Get no, 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 no. Oh, oh good. Yeah. No, good. I have a real, I have a really marked left hand tremor, and I've got some really okay. goofy balance issues. So, which is in the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, how much? There, the now, stories much, are in there. Right now, how much of the book is actually true? All of it. That's the scary wow. part. <laughs> My husband says that all the time. We live in a small town, and so everybody knows everybody. And he'll go through town, go to the store, run errands, whatever. And he said every day somebody comes up to him and said, does she really? And he says, you have no idea. (laughs) Yes, she does. He said he's considering getting a T-shirt that said, yes, it's all true. Right. This is her. This is her life. And she put it out on the table. Vicki, was it really scary, though, when you first start writing, like, did you have any withdrawals to writing this book? Oh, I don't know if I want to put this out. Felt any oh, yes. Oh, yes. Of course. There was, it was, at the beginning it was extremely hard because it made it very real. I mean, if you're going to write something down and get put it out there to thousands of people, it's suddenly very real. And I couldn't deny it anymore if I was admitting it to 6,000 people. I mean, it's, so that was hard because it was like, oh, my gosh, this really happened to me. That's because of Parkinson's. You know, I really did fly off a pole dancing pole because I have Parkinson's. So it's, that, was, that was difficult. After a while, I just didn't care anymore. So I said, okay, this is a silly thing that happened to me today. But at the beginning, yeah, it was tough. Some of those posts, I left it all out, and I had to go back and put it back in. Right, because I know when people, when you first probably told them, Oh, so you have Parkinson's disease. Oh, okay. Like they mm-hmm. probably was completely shocked just to know. And, and you probably, they probably, you probably would never have suspected that. A normal person wouldn't even never suspect that in a million, billion years that, oh, my friend Vicky got Parkinson's disease. And you know you got ignorant people. Oh, what is that? Is that catchable? Can I? Is, oh, I know. I did write write one chapter. It's called 13 Things Never to Say to a Parkinson's Patient. And it's, 
it's interesting because and those are those are things that have actually been said to me. You know, when people come, that you've never met before come up and say, "Why is your hand shaking?" Excuse me. So <laughs> have we met? <laughs> so why? It's in it's an inter- it's an interesting disease because it's so visible. You know, this is not like high blood pressure where nobody knows. This, is, I mean, you're standing there with your hand shaking like a cracked out seal, and it tends to make people ask you about it. But it's not okay if you haven't offered the information up yourself. Exactly. It, and another thing I probably would not want to say to a Parkinson disease person is, "Oh, I'm so sorry." No. Yeah. Why are you sorry? Why? I, yeah, why are you I, sorry? I'm not. Why? I'm not dead yet. I'm still living. Like, <laughs> like yeah. between you and the cat already. So I'm. I'm so yeah, very it's kind, sorry. Yeah, it's kind of all encompassing. I'm so sorry. The only person that I let say I'm so sorry was my doctor. Because right. he was looking at it clinically. But yeah, for the average person to just off the street to say, "Gee, I'm so sorry." Well, okay, I don't know what to say to that. But you know, you didn't give right. it to me, so you don't really have any reason to be sorry. Exactly. So that so it's just kind of odd. <laughs> right, I yeah. know it's got to be. Why, why are you saying sorry to me? You, did you give it to me? I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, I know. I have to kind of bite my tongue sometimes. Yeah, I bet you do too. So do you, <laughs> do you see writing as a career or more of a hobby for you? I'd like it to be a career. I feel like one of those, you know, actors slash models. I'm I'm kind of a writer slash public speaker, but I have a day job for sure because girls got to eat. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you never lie right there. You got to eat. You can't be – look, there ain't no struggling artist here. Look, no struggling writer. I got to pay my bills right. And nothing wrong with stepping out on faith, but at the same time, I got to be realistic. Yeah. These bills got to be paid. Yep, got to pay your bills, got to eat, got to drive a car. So do you feel any point in your life where you think Parkinson led you to look at life in a more spiritual way? Yes, of course. It's You can't, I don't think you can get through something like this without without belief in something else. Because that's when you get to the why me thing. When you think you're human and you're in control of everything in your life and you're all powerful and the only cause and effect in your life, then yes, you're going to say, what did I do wrong? Well, this isn't about you. This is, you know, this is not something you cause. We're not that powerful, quite frankly. So somewhere along the line, this is part of the journey that was you were destined to have. Now, you know, maybe the reason was because I'm a Parkinson's comedian and that was what I was supposed to do with my life. That, that's possible. I mean, I, so if you don't believe outside of yourself and you think you're all that, then you can't cure it, then you just basically said you're going to die. And I don't understand mm-hmm. why people, how people can think like that. It's that we're not the governors of the universe, not even necessarily the governors of our own lives. But I think absolutely, I think that there's, there's a guiding force and whatever people want to call it, I choose to call it God, that is taking me down a path. And I don't know the reasons, and maybe they're never the reasons for me to know. Maybe I just need to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. Well, the only thing you can do is try and fight it. Like you said earlier, Vicky, you got to beat this. And I think it's good mm-hmm. to joke about it. A lot of people probably would get offended. Oh, she's joking about But no, I'm making myself happy. I don't want to be stuck miserable. But I know I got Parkinson's disease but so what 
I don't want to keep thinking about it or keep getting questioned. Oh, you got this, poor baby. So sorry. I don't want to hear that. That's not. That's not my no. life. I don't want to live on that. Because I'm going. And I don't even want to hear it from my family. Yeah. Right. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear your sorrows. It's not. We're gonna go through this life. I want you to treat me just like you treated me before you even found I had anything. Mhm. It's tough. I I've met some Parkinson's. Well, I've met a lot of Parkinson's patients since the book came out, but. I've met some that don't have that support staff, and my heart just breaks for them. You know, their partners have become distant, their their kids are embarrassed, and I just think, oh, my gosh, sweetie, that would make me say I'm so sorry because you need that support staff. You need people that see you the way you were before but with a tremor. I mean, it's you're not any different. You're just a little shaky. So, But the, you are still Bye. you, and you still have all the gifts that you had before, and it's hard it's hard to be joyful and optimistic when you're surrounded by people that think you're going to die. So, you know, you, there people out there may have to sit their family down and say, "Look, here's the deal. No more. We're not doing this pity thing anymore and we're stop looking at me like that and I'm not going to die. It doesn't kill you. So, suck it up and let's find the funny." And they may have to just take control of what's going on around them and not let people treat them that way. It's hard, but it's you have to do that. At some point, you're not going to have any choice. Right. I love. I do. I love your words of encouragement, and I think this is going to help millions out there. Hope it hits the whole entire nation. Just listen to this interview of people who struggling on the inside. Get to find that courage to be them, to be happy every day. I hope they find a much brighter. Side to everything in their life. Open that closet and clean it on out. Mm-hmm. What has been the greatest compliment from you being an author? Oh, this is so good. I just love this question because I got an email from a woman recently, actually, that had that bought my book, and she said, you know, I was diagnosed two years ago, and I've been so depressed and so frightened for during that time, and she was on antidepressants and all this kind of stuff, and nothing was working. And she said, I, I got your book, and I sat down and read it all in one sitting, and she said, I, it was the first time in two years I've laughed out loud. And I, I framed it. I just said to my husband, this is it, right there. That's why I wrote that book. And she just, wow. I, I love this woman. Yeah, it was, a, it was the most beautiful thing she could have said. That is. I, do, I would have to agree to that, too. See, that's what this book is all about. This book is going to encourage someone. That's why I said I had to get you on because somebody out there is giving up hope. They don't believe mm-hmm. right now. They need answers. Might don't even. I don't even know if they got on their knees and prayed to God. Maybe they have and maybe they have not. But hope of the day this show will get to them to, to relinquish all that negative vibe out of their life mm-hmm. and know that there is someone out there who actually loves you. It's not a death sentence unless you really want it to be. You got to make exactly. peace with this condition. Got to make peace with it. You can manage these things, and if you take the medication, it it won't really sort of progress it down, but it can manage some of the symptoms a little bit. Which is which is important to a Parkinson's patient. Parkinson's is embarrassing. I mean, so like, I mean, we shake and we roll and we couple over and we fall and right. you know, I mean, you just. So, you, I mean, if you if you know you're going to do that, you just be prepared to laugh about it because it's pretty silly. I mean, it's right, it can be right. funny, and 
there is a funny side to it. We are like slapstick comedians okay. all damn day, you know. It's like right. <laughs> it's it's think, okay, but, people. And see, that's what I love about you because you are you weren't afraid to come out because a lot of people are. You don't and as we mentioned before, Vicky, you don't want people feeling sorry for you. Or, you don't want to be defined by Parkinson's, so a lot of people keep it held back. I don't want to let you know that, because how are you going to look at me? Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people walk around. You don't know they ha- you don't know they have AIDS, because you don't want nobody looking at you like, ooh, you got that. I don't want to be around you. Like, because people are ignorant. I don't really want to call you I know. stupid. I prefer ignorant. You're ignorant. Yeah, ignorant is better. It's a little gentler. Because you don't want to learn. You don't want to know. You'd rather be closed-minded. Oh, I think I might catch this, so I'm gonna move left. Hell, no. I think well, it's I had, I had Parkinson's for. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I had Parkinson's for two years, and I told everybody it was a pinched nerve, but that's what made me shake, because I just didn't want to tell them I had Parkinson's. Right, because it, it's a neurological. It messes. With, um, let me see if I'm right, Vicky. It messes with the nerve system too, doesn't it? Yes. Absolutely, okay. that's what it does. It your nerve system, your motor control, your coordination. Why? But I think it's very important. You telling people that you can have it like you have for so many years and not be impacted by it. Like I said, it's not a death sentence. This is just something that you have to overcome. And look at you—you you running around, you writing books, you laughing about it. <laughs> That's you get to the point where there's not much else you can do. And I I went to my 40th reunion, high school reunion. Oh my gosh! And it I ran three of the women that I ran into had Parkinson's. Interestingly enough, and of course we got to talking about it. And I just said, you know, get out a piece of paper and over the course of one day, write down all the goofy things that happened to you because you have Parkinson's. Like, did you have, did you topple over when you were getting dressed? Did your husband have to put a bar in the bathtub? Did you, you know, did you shake so bad you couldn't sign your checks at the Safeway? Whatever. And I said, and just look at, it's funny. Just look at how many ways you can just make fun of yourself during the course of the day. And and I've got emails from two of them, and they've just said, oh, my gosh, this is like the silliest disease I've ever had. I said, it can be silly. It's not like it's going to go away sooner or later because of what you said about it in the meantime. It's okay to laugh about it. It doesn't, you know, it's what the the worst thing anybody ever said to me was that they felt that I didn't know, I had no credibility because I was being irreverent about Parkinson's and I wasn't taking it seriously. And I said, you know, I beg to differ on that one. I take it very seriously. I have it. I have no choice but to take it seriously. But... I'm not going to be depressed and angry about it. That would be crazy. Exactly. Not for 30 years. Well, so you don't have credibility because you're not sitting around pouting. Well, that sounds really stupid. I mean, that's what I said to you. I think anybody yeah. who got a problem with them need to laugh about it. Laugh. That way, it will help. It will help you so much if you just sit and laugh. And this is how I see it, because I try to get straight to the point. You can sit around. And you know the other word I was going to say, but I'm not even going to say it on here because I try not to use it. But you can sit around and you can complain about it all day long, or you could try and not do that. So I'm thinking, you know, you got Muhammad Ali, you got the Pope, Robin Williams, Michael J. Fox. I think that, Vicki, you're in good company, and whoever else is out there, you're in good company too. Thank my all the million people out here, your famous celebrities who are living with an illness right now. I think you'll be just fine. So laugh about it, and if you... <laughs> 
don't want to laugh and sit there and be miserable, then be miserable. That's on you. But Vicky and I, we're going to keep it rolling with it because that's what we do. So, <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring writers? I do. All aspiring writers, the best advice I can give you is just keep writing. Don't stop yes. writing. It's the hardest thing to do when you're not sure if you're any good or you're, you think everybody else out there is better than you. I mean, every writer goes through those periods. When you know, Ernest Hemingway said the first draft of anything is really awful, and I won't use that word either, but really, really bad. You know, even if you have to write junk, write junk and then fix it later. But just write and don't stop. Right. And if you have a message, exactly. it will surface. Right. Keep on writing. Just don't write while driving. Yeah, yeah. Do that because I I don't want to see you have to crash. You know they say text no drive, so don't write and drive. You know, try to write when you're in the bed or near your computer. You know, just a word of advice, just in case if you were thinking and take it literally. (laughs) No, ma'am, I don't want you to blame me or Vicky that you caused the car wreck. So, (laughs) (laughs) no texting. It's not the same thing as writing. No texting, right? So, Vicki, where can we buy your wonderful book? Oh, thank you for asking that, Technicia. You can get it at Amazon.com. And it was just listed as one of Amazon.com's editor's favorite books of 2014. I'm really excited about that. Um, Or if you want an autographed copy, if you want an autographed copy, you can get it directly from me at Vicki at laugh-lines.net. I tell you, that's a blessing. You have been blessed in so many ways by everything and probably everyone in your life. That you know, because many of us, many of us have a supportive network of friends, family, professionals who can help us through these days. There finally comes a time when we must speak within ourselves to strength to confront and vanquish the challenges that test our spirits. Mm-hmm. And that's from my good friend Mary Ellen, her book "Healing Words." So if you want to get healed. You could definitely pick up her book right along with Vicky's book on Shake, Rattle, and Roll with it, Living and Laughing with Parkinson. You don't have to be miserable, people. That's the message out here today. You deserve a happy life and go find it. But, Vicky, I thank you for coming on to the show. I know we didn't oh, do a commercial you, break. Because that, it, it was so interesting just to talk with you. It was. Because you like to do a commercial thank break, you. but it felt so good. It felt so comfortable to have your your presence on this show today. Well, I appreciate it. This was just a wonderful opportunity, and I hope I can help someone out there. Me too. I hope they don't give up hope. But, Vicki, thank you so much, and God bless you and your family, your animals too. Thank <laughs> can't, you. Bye. Can't lead, can't lead them out. Bye, Vicki. Yeah, I know. I've got to go get my puppies. Well, thank you, Technicia. I, I appreciate this. You are so welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Everyone, I Bye-bye. I I thank you for really listening today, and I hope that in your hearts you get this message. Try to turn someone else's life around who's going through difficulties because there's somebody out there who just wants you to listen to them. They don't know how to go about saying it, but I can hear them now. I I can hear them just just thinking about it. But I think my truth for the day is going to be this. Learn to forgive is the greatest gift you could give yourself. One of the most difficult things, you must face in resolving a hurtful situation is learn to forgive in your heart against anyone. You are only hurting yourself. It may seem easier to simply walk away from a person, relationship, situation, and at times this is the correct choice. 
when you choose to forgive, you are choosing to free yourself from the past situation, person, relationship. You are choosing not to be a victim of this painful hurt. Forgiveness is something you do for yourself. Today, choose to let go of your pain. Forgive. Enjoy the day, everyone. God bless you. I hope. I, I think I just want to say this. You don't let that devil steal your joy away because that's what he's here to do. He's here to destroy. He's not here to be your friend. So you stay prayed up, get into your Bible, and trust and believe me, it will lead you to the right path. Believe me on that, but I love you, and thank you for again for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.